Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Clive Smith, founder and CEO of Think Labs. Clive, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for asking. So, uh, you know, how about we just start off simply with if you wouldn't mind giving us a brief introduction of what Think Labs is and tell us a little bit about your digital stethoscope product. Yeah. So, so we're a, a digital stethoscope company, and that's what we make. So we're in a very ex- sort of specialized area, and we essentially are deep specialists in one particular medical device. That's what we specialized in. And what we do is we serve customers and clinical users who are applying digital stethoscopes, and that that gets broad in terms of infection control, regular clinical use, just listening to patients with a clearer stethoscope, to telemedicine and recording of sounds and entering sounds into electronic medical records and that kind of thing. So everything that a regular stethoscope cannot do uh, as well as what a regular stethoscope can do. Okay. Um, well, just to just to help uh, identify, you know, the positioning of this type of product. When pre-pandemic, obviously not talking about the last 12 months, because we'll get to that in a minute. I'm sure there was some increased use of of this type of product in that. But pre-pandemic, how how much how popular was this? How uh, much was this being used, and what type of applications was this being used? So, pre-pandemic is essentially an accelerated version of pre-pandemic. So, okay. the, the the pandemic was a catalyst and accelerated a lot of things that were in place already. So, you know, face-to-face use of the device where a doctor is literally walking to patients, you know, into an exam room or into a hospital room and examining the patient directly as they would with a regular stethoscope. So Mm -hmm. that essentially, I can sort of combine pre-pandemic and pandemic in in terms of contrast because I think that explains both of them. So pre-pandemic, the doctor walks into the room, into the hospital room, takes out the stethoscope, uses it with the patient. Pandemic, same kind of thing, except that they're going to use PPE. They're going to be protected from the patient, and they're going to do it at more of a distance. And I'll go into that in more detail later. But it's a face-to-face, except one is not worrying about protecting the clinician, and then the other is being very worried about protecting the clinician from an infectious patient. Another area that we were involved in was telemedicine. We've been involved in telemedicine for a good number of years, we were selling to hospitals and doctors who were doing telemedicine and various kinds of, you know, home healthcare services and people like that that were doing, you know, visiting nurses, school nurses, those kinds of people who were doing remote calls and video calls and Zoom calls into hospitals. We were mm-hmm. serving that before the pandemic and we just continued to serve that in the pandemic, but telemedicine absolutely exploded in growth. So same application, catalyst of the pandemic accelerated it. So those are the kinds of things that are mostly the focus of our work is, you know, largely telemedicine and face-to-face use of a stethoscope. 
Um, there's also a research area where people, you know, use our stethoscope for capturing recordings and recording sounds for research and for, you know, building databases of sounds and things like that. So, uh, so you were talking about the, the, the rapid growth of uh, telehealth and, you know, using, using your digital stethoscope uh, with that, uh, you know, with that type of technology. Is this something that, you said you know hospitals and doctors will will buy the technology. Do they send it home with patients that require a, a certain level of monitoring, or what what exactly is the use case there? So telehealth, you can think of telehealth being split into two different kinds of uh, use cases. The one is from a remote, essentially a sort of a B two B, if you like. Um, professional to professional telemedicine. So you could have an outlying clinic or a rural clinic communicating with a hospital. You could have a doctor's office communicating with a hospital. You could have one doctor or a nurse or a home nurse who's visiting a patient communicating with a doctor's office. That's the one level of telehealth. The mm -hmm. other use of telehealth is into the home. The, the telehealth into the home is much less developed. It is starting to occur. COVID really accelerated that. But right. it really was, in the, in the era of COVID, it was not at a high, the level that it's going to be. Again, this is developing. And what COVID did was that it got patients used to using telehealth you know, platforms to use Zoom, to use things like that to communicate with their doctors and become comfortable with communicating with their doctors over video. But for all intents and purposes, these were conversations. These mm -hmm. were no different, medically speaking, from chatting with somebody else. So they were, you chat with your doctor, the doctor takes a history, asks you your symptoms, makes recommendations, though, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's general work like that. Bringing devices into the home, again, is in transition. It's something for the future. So there will be, and coming along pretty quickly, uh, there will be a transition where patients are being examined from the home, where they've got medical devices, where those medical devices are connected in. And so at the moment, the bulk of the application for stethoscopes in telemedicine is when you've got some kind of clinical or medical professional who's on one end with the patient and you've got a medical professional on the other end. Or you've got a medical assistant in a professional facility who's got a stethoscope as opposed to the patient owning the stethoscope. But that will all change. That will all change in the future. Now that we've got patients becoming comfortable with doing telemedicine, the sophistication of the remote exam is going to increase. And the devices will find their way into the home. So this is all transitioning. So a lot of the questions that you're asking are all things that are starting to emerge. These are ideas that have been around for many, many years, but healthcare moves very slowly. <laughs> COVID made healthcare move quickly. And what will happen is that, co you know, now that COVID, we are into vaccination territory where the established players are going to try and get back to business as usual pre-COVID, 
you know, they'll try and actually slow things down. They'll try and get away from telemedicine unless the reimbursement increases uh, or the reimbursement is kept in place. So we'll see a transition into home care and into people using devices in the home in the future. That's that's good good to hear and, and a great perspective because that you know I I did have a a, a home uh, a telehealth you know uh, basically a, a, almost like a checkup almost like an annual physical with my physician and you know there was no blood pressure check there was no you know let me you know breathe deep and you know let me check check your chest and you know none of that and, it, and like you said it was really just a conversation with my doctor and sure I was able to address a couple questions but I felt like it was significantly lacking and for that for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned is you know there's no you know vital signs check or any anything like that so uh, great to great to get that perspective on that because uh, certainly a, a, a shortcoming of telehealth as we know it now yeah so, so the way that you can think about it is you can think about it as being that, you know, the, the standard that we were used to before was doctor plus patient. Then we went to, mm -hmm. and, and doctor plus patient plus medical instruments in the doctor's office. Then we go to the beginnings of telehealth during COVID where we have doctor plus telehealth platform plus patients without any instruments. That's, right. a, that's the conversation that you described. Then we're right. going to transition to, then we're going to transition to doctor plus telehealth platform plus patient with instruments. So now the patient's going to have instruments in their home. The doctor's going to be at the remote end through a telehealth platform and the doctor's going to be talking to the patient and they'll be able to listen on a stethoscope. They'll be able to get them to do pulse oximetry, look at their blood pressure and all that kind of thing. And we're not very far away from that. It's not a technological leap. It's more a logistics leap, leap in an organizational and, you know, just, you know, people getting into the habit of doing that and getting used to having those devices around the right. next phase. But the next phase is going to be even more interesting because the next phase is going to be patient plus medical instruments in the home without the doctor. <laughs> so the doctor is going to be one of the last things to go from this picture, but it's going to become interesting. So how's that going to work? How that's going to work is that those instruments in the home and those devices in the home We'll be able to monitor the patient. There will be monitoring services, and it'll go into an AI cloud, and there will be analysis of the, of the various parameters of the patient's weight, their blood pressure, all these other factors. And then there will be decision-making going on as to whether these factors or these parameters have gone out of the range of normal or they've gone out of the range that's acceptable for a given patient, at which time the doctor will be alerted to get back into the picture. And then we're going to see the telehealth visit where the doctor now comes on at some point later after the AI system has alerted the doctor that this patient is out of the range of parameters that are considered acceptable. So that's the future of healthcare. That at least that's the sort of the frame of reference that I use for, for thinking about the future. 
Yeah, it's definitely an, definitely an interesting uh, thought because what you get into then is you get into a greater level of screening. I mean, you could you could conceivably have someone using something like your digital stethoscope for for monitoring purposes uh, every day. They could they could wake up in the morning just like they you know shower and wash their face, brush their teeth. They just they just run a you know for a minute, do some basic uh, measurements and take some take some readings that as you said go to go to a an AI system and that analyzes the readings compares it or to their to their norms or you know where they should be and can send a notification to a doctor that a follow up is required and and perhaps how urgent it might be or um even give a warning to the patient if it's truly you know, uh, it looks like an emergency situation. Hey, you know, you know what? We'll contact your doctor, but go to the hospital. Um, right. It's a pretty remarkable system to think about. You're right. So that is what the future of healthcare looks like. Now, back to reality. When is that <laughs> going to happen? That's going to happen when we have highways full of self-driving cars. <laughs> I don't know when Although that is, that but that, 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 that's the way that I would put it. So, in other words, we've got all this technology. We've got established systems for doing something. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen in 2022. There are, you know, there are people who think that the future is going to happen much, much quicker. And uh, it's not the way things work. And especially, they don't work that way in technology Technology moves more slowly. When we can see the future, the one thing we can't see is how far away it really is. So, you know, I remember back in 2012, maybe 2013, people were talking about self-driving cars. And I remember somebody, I believe it was a Toyota Lexus, who said self-driving cars is not going to be a binary issue. It's not going to be that you go from a car that doesn't do anything to a car that does self-driving. We will be introducing automation into the, into the car on a gradual basis. It'll be essentially incremental safety features. Right. And now here we are in 2021, pretty much when the person said so. And, you know, I drive a car that's got lane tracking that will correct your steering wheel if you're out of your lane that will mm-hmm. essentially start braking when you when you're going to I mean whenever I'm on I'm, I'm on a highway I pretty much use automatic cruise control because right. it's going to essentially slow down my vehicle if I'm not paying attention I don't depend on it but I consider it to be a safety feature so there's all sorts of automation going on in my vehicle but it's not considered a self-driving car so these things are incremental and and you know in 2012 people are thinking oh self-driving cars are around the corner and here we are in 2021, and it's more along the sort of Toyota's predicted model, which is this will be incremental, and we still don't know when self-driving cars. So we can see what the future of healthcare looks like. It's going to be provide much greater access. It's going to provide reduced cost. Um, it's going to be, you know, solve a lot of the problems in healthcare that exist today, but it is going to take time. Right. Well, it's it's good to know that at least it'll, even with incremental 
uh, gains. Uh, you know, and, and your self-driving car anal- uh, analogy is fantastic because I think of, you know, the parallel parking technology and, the, you know, like you said, the lane changing and cru- just cruise control itself, you know, things like that are all uh, uh, steps towards that fully automated self-driving car. Um, and when you think of it that way, you think, oh, yeah, you know, this has been rolling out for years and years, and, and haven't, I, I haven't even thought about it in that way. Um, ideally, if that's the same way with healthcare, it'll also allow people to get acclimated to the different steps. Um, as you said earlier, the COVID, the COVID pandemic certainly got people uh, rapidly acclimated to the the uh, telehealth interface and the having that conversation through technology with your doctor instead of being in the the you know the patient room, um, and, but it's just really it's just another step. Um, right. So I have I have uh, one question, perhaps a little more grounded in re- in reality of today. Um, yeah. Would the would the digital stethoscope with your product? Uh, would that have benefits to a medical device manufacturer who, say, is conducting clinical trials um, and perhaps being used as a, as a monitoring device in conjunction with a clinical trial? Sure. That's a good question. So it can because if you're monitoring certain progression of disease or symptoms that you'd like to track, uh, that, is a, that is a good place to, to use it where you know, a drug company might be trying the efficacy of a given drug in a trial, mm-hmm. and what they can do is that they can monitor the patients and they can be recording, you know, heart sounds and they can see how the heart sounds change. They can be recording lung sounds, see how those lung sounds are changing. So it does. It's another set of parameters that can be used in a drug trial to to explore that kind of thing. And it may even go uh, so far as to help with compliance if if the if the person involved in the clinical trial isn't required to come in but can do it remotely where they just use a device like yours to to provide the necessary readings um, and only be again like we were saying earlier only be seen if there's a reason or something's out of alignment um, you know that that's a certainly a great incentive. Right, right. Yeah, I would imagine so. All right, well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. I'd like to thank my guest, Clive Smith, founder and CEO of Think Labs, for a fantastic discussion about not only his product, but the future of digital health and, and really healthcare in general. Um, as always, this has been Sean Fenske, editor in chief of MPO, saying thanks for listening. <laughs>